So the midterms have come and gone, or sort of. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at you, Nevada and Arizona. But for the most part, the red tsunami was not a red tsunami, but I would argue it was a red wave, but actually it was a red dam with a red trickle from a red wave. <laughs> and I'm going to explain this here in just a minute. It's the Adrian Slade Show. If you'd like to be on the show next week with comments, questions, give us a call. 1-929-GO-GO-USA. That's 1-929-GO-GO-USA. And you may be included in the show. So let's get it started. The presidential motorcade has just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slade Show. You're probably expecting a live read by me about Anchor and the podcasting platform. Well, that podcasting platform spot has ended. And that was actually one that was guaranteed to be an ongoing spot. And Spotify owns Anchor FM now. So I don't know if it has anything to do with the content that we provide because it is very political on the right. I know that they stopped sending me commercial spot reads, except for the anchor read. And it could be purely coincidental. It could also be purely coincidental that September 2020, my listenership exploded beyond belief for a period of time. Same time that fact checkers by the media and big tech were scouring many podcasts ahead of the election. Hmm. Could be coincidental, maybe not. Regardless of all that, it could very well be you know, coincidental that this is why they ended the campaign. I don't know. I don't care. All I know is if you really enjoy this podcast and you want to support it, you can financially support it through your own donation, subscription costs, whatever. It could be very minimal, $1.99, $4.99. Go to anchor.fm slash Adrian Slade slash support. That's anchor.fm slash Adrian Slade slash support. And donate directly to the show and support our mission to give you the news beyond what the big talkers are given. The things that should be talked about that may not be looked at as important because it doesn't fit the trendy news cycle of the day. Things that look over the sky's horizon to what may be coming down the pike. Anchor.fm slash Adrian Slade slash support. Donate and I thank you very much. So the midterm elections um, weren't really as big as we thought they were going to be, but they weren't as bad as we made them out to be on the day of. Now, at the time of this recording, it's looking like Carrie Lake is going to win the governorship in Arizona. There's a possibility that Blake Masters might even eke across the finish line too. the attorney general's office in Arizona is going to be a Republican. So maybe we can fix election processes in Arizona. So the next election that comes through, Arizona is not one of the big culprits as they were in 2020. But I have a theory on why some of that happened. Um, and I also have a theory as to uh, things going forward, why you're seeing the conversations you're seeing in the news, especially as it relates to Ron DeSantis in Florida. My hypothesis for Arizona is that they were going to steal it. But, and especially because Hobbs is actually the Secretary of State who oversees the elections, but I don't think they were as organized as the operation was in 2020. And so they knew that they were going to lose, 
and they're just now slow walking the loss. And that's what I mean by the dam. That's the red dam. They're going to make it look as though it's not as impactful as it truly was. That's the point. So she's slow walking chunks of of ballots. And apparently, as of the time of this recording, Friday, um, the 11th of November, they're going to count it this evening. And that's where Carrie Lake is going to fall over the finish line. So uh, the observation that I'm seeing is they did this for a number of reasons. Once they realized they can't steal it, well, they'll just put off the inevitable and then play the narrative game. This is January 6th all over again. This is uh, Nick Sandman, Jesse Smollett all over again. We're going to make reality different than what reality is through misinformation, and then we're going to accuse the other side of the misinformation. So if you're seeing MSNBC and CNN, which unfortunately I had to see last night, they're already doing that. But that's the case. They, they knew if Carrie Lake's win happened the same night as Ron DeSantis's win, and we did flip seats in New York, we flipped seats in Arizona, we had some seats flipping in certain areas that were blue, so it wasn't a big loss. Here in Virginia, the 2nd District, Jen Kiggins beat Elaine Loria, who was a big fixture in the January 6th committee. So the narrative game is let's minimize the win, disparage the right, and then give a false reality to the left that, hey, the Dems did a really good job. They, they made it through. And see, here's the thing. My observation is the establishment on the right and Fox News, they're stepping in and seeing an opportunity along with the left. So the left is slow rolling the tabulation of actual wins. They're trying to make it look like a disaster that everyone's pinning on Donald Trump. And this is a way that they can toss Trump out of party leadership. So the left is going, let's minimize Trump's wins you know, Blake Masters might win. Laxalt apparently is going through in Nevada. I, bl- I believe he's in Nevada. Um, a lot of these other candidates that they wanted to minimize and say, see, Trump put his endorsement on him and his endorsement sucked. Like Dr. Oz, right? Dr. Oz. The thing about Dr. Oz is this. We could have had a good candidate with Kathy Burnett. She was hitting them hard in the primaries, but Sean Hannity... And I I hate to say it, Rick Grinnell, they went at her like you wouldn't believe. And she actually had a a tweet out today that said, I'm making a list. Never forget Pennsylvania. Outsiders who don't live in Pennsylvania manipulated and lied to you. Turn off Sean Hannity. Carl Rove aided in sabotaging Doug Mastriano's campaign. And he put in 2.5 million in ad campaign support for Shapiro, who was the Democrat opponent. You see... The Republicans were working against us, and they've always worked against the American first MAGA types. This goes back to the Tea Party days back in 2012. The Tea Party started bubbling up because of Obamacare and because of all of the crap being shoved in. That's where you got Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio. That's where you got Rand Paul. You got most of your freedom caucus from the Tea Party wave. But the problem was, as soon as the Tea Party started separating itself from the GOP establishment and started pushing back as a, as a coalition within the GOP, 
Well, they just all co-opted it and exploited it and pretended to be wolves in sheep's clothing. Hey, I'm a tea party guy. And then they end up running and they end up being rhinos who were pretend tea party people. Well, they're doing that again. And they really don't like the fact that Trump has actually had more of an impact with the picks that he has put in. And I'm not saying Trump's the be end of all, because in a little bit, we're going to get into some problems with Trump. But here's the thing that I'm seeing is they want to minimize the effects of what his endorsement did or I don't even really think his endorsement even mattered, to be honest. I, the candidates that are win, winning that were endorsed by Trump, I think were, were decent candidates anyways. J.D. Vance, Blake Masters, um, you know, these people were people that just wanted strong reform. It's like Ron DeSantis. Oh, okay, Trump endorsed Ron DeSantis back in the, in the original election that he won. I don't care. Look at how he's governing. That's what I care about. Just like when Trump was in office. I didn't support him the first time around, but look how he governed. I'm good with that. Carrie Lake, oh, he's... You know, she's endorsed by Trump. Well, from all indications, based on what she's talking about for her platform, she's going to govern pretty well. My thing is, we're moving a movement of new players into the game, and the GOP doesn't like this. The left definitely doesn't like it. The left wants to destroy any chance of a Trump re-election. So they're trying to throw the election into chaos and say, see, it's Trump. He's just not strong enough and uh, the GOP, you'd be good to abandon him. And the GOP establishment is going, oh, hell yeah, I think we should abandon him. And they're using Ron DeSantis's win as a platform and an off-ramp to do so. I mean, for better or for worse, um, this what whatever you feel about Donald Trump or whatever you feel about Ron DeSantis, because I'm seeing both sides of this, we have to realize... Um, and this isn't an endorsement for either one, or it's not a condemnation of DeSantis or Trump. I think an opportunity presented itself that they're both capitalizing on. And when I say both, I mean the left and the right, the establishment right. And they're both capitalizing on this to eliminate Trump's uh, chances of running in two years. And that doesn't make DeSantis a rhino. I'm seeing a lot of people go, oh, Ron DeSantis is a rhino. Really? He is not a rhino. In fact, most of the rhinos don't like him and have been really outspoken against him. They really campaigned against him. The Lincoln Project, the, the Bulwark, all those rhinos, they weren't fans of DeSantis as much as they weren't fans of Trump. But DeSantis just destroyed it down in Florida. 20 points, I think, something like that. It's insane. Flipped all these counties. Um, DeSantis governed the way we finally wanted somebody to govern. And that's the thing is, the establishment is now trying to court him. Paul Ryan's going to have meetings with him. We're going to have all these people try to woo him. It's like something about Mary. They're all going to be tripping over their phalluses, trying to get to the hot chick so they can take her out on a date. And that's what they're doing with Ron DeSantis right now because they know that they can flip this as a way of shifting power away from Trump and the party leadership to Ron DeSantis, but not to put Ron DeSantis in the power lead to put themselves in the power lead because they will discard Ron DeSantis as soon as they possibly can. So this doesn't make Ron DeSantis a rhino. It means that the establishment of the party sees him as the off-ramp for Donald Trump. Now, the left is slow rolling the inevitable um, because they know wins make it look like Trump's endorsements are, uh, you know, these they, they make it look as though these wins that aren't happening 
show that Trump's endorsements are toxic. So it's a win-win for the Uniparty, right? The Unibrow Party wins across the board. So my theory is coming true. I was in a restaurant yesterday with, with my kids, and uh, they had it on MSNBC. And they're saying that Fox, Ted Cruz, Ben Shapiro, they're peddling fake news on junk Republican polls about the red wave, right? They're making it look as though nothing happened and that the left didn't lose in an in a impactful way. Maybe not in the biggest way, but still in a way that is impactful. So they slow up the vote counts, make it look like it wasn't impactful of an election, discredit Trump's endorsement power, and they're going to discredit the conservative news credibility. And then the establishment is going to use DeSantis's success as a way to purge Trump's grip on the GOP. You know, they'll spend all day talking about how historic it was of some LGBTQ candidacy win. They got this kid on here who's the first Gen Z congressional kid who makes AOC look like friggin' Obi-Wan Kenobi. This kid's up there just babbling garbage all on MSNBC so that to the average idiot who's watching CNN, MSNBC, it looks like the Dems had an excellent night. But what's going to happen is Carrie Lake's going to happen. She even said they're only issuing clumps of mail-in ballots at a time, and then the ballots for the actual day of the election are going to start being counted. So why would you do that? Unless you knew you were going to lose, you weren't able to steal it, and now you want to drag it out so that you can give this deceptive narrative. It's just one giant disinformation campaign by the same people who want to stop, quote, misinformation. So now, what are we dealing with now? We have a problem on the GOP side in the wake of all of this. We have Donald Trump taking pot shots. And he's doing it not only at DeSantis. He's doing it. He's basically nodding at people saying, do not step into the arena. I'm running. And that's a problem. Because it's really going to backfire on him if he keeps this crap up. And, and I... I don't even know what to even make of it. It's really kind of an issue. You know, Donald Trump on, on a Truth Social post said, now that the election in Florida is over, everything went quite well. Shouldn't it be said that in 2020, I got 1.1 million more votes in Florida than Ron D got this year, 5.7 million to 48 point or 4.8 million. Just saying. Okay. He called him Ron to sanctimonious the other day. This isn't going to work for Trump like it did with Sleepy, uh, was it Sleepy Jeb and or Low Energy Jeb and uh, Little Marco Rubio and Lion Ted and all this garbage that he did. He starts taking pot shots at Ron DeSantis. He's going to divide the party because it's unnecessary. There is no need to be taking these pot shots right now. In fact, tell me on the left who is taking pot shots at each other. Don't hear it. Even AOC isn't cracking on Pelosi, right? None of them. They're unified. That's how they roll because they get their Marxist agenda done. We need to stop playing this game. This game happened in 2016. I'm already seeing people saying, oh, Ron DeSantis is a rhino. The dude is backed by Daniel Horowitz. The guy is far from a rhino. I mean, it's really insane. But we have to recognize that there is a game being played here. I mean, I'm already seeing Trump loyalists. They're out there, just like they did with Ted Cruz, smearing Ron DeSantis, just like they did when they said, oh, Ted Cruz, Lion Ted, he's a Goldman Sachs rhino. Where's Goldman Sachs in the Cruz uh, uh, hemisphere these days? 
Yeah, that was all BS. And we knew that because Ted Cruz was sent there as a Tea Party candidate to put a stop to the spending. And he got up there, shut down the government, reading green eggs and ham to his kids right there on the floor of the Congress. And yet, for some reason, all of that was lost. And suddenly he was a big rhino because he's not Trump. They're doing this again with Ron DeSantis. It's really irritating. So we as a party are pretty suicidal dupes. We always are willing to burn our own leads, kill our own side, attack our own soldiers when we don't need to. This isn't the primary yet. We don't need to be doing this. The left never does this, and they advance their Marxist agenda. So I'm not playing this dumbass game rebooted all over again. I hated every bit of 2016. I'm not reliving it. We need to be attacking the real issues. You know, we got this drag queen down there who won the freaking uh, Ms. Ms. Greater Dairy, which is the beauty pageant in New Hampshire under the Miss America organization. This big fat guy, fat dude in a dress, stealing accolades from actual women. Suburban Karens are out there praising this garbage. And you know what? We are fighting with ourselves because Trump didn't just go after uh, Ron DeSantis. He's now lashing after my governor, Glenn Youngkin. This is actually from Forbes. Former President Trump criticized Governor Glenn Youngkin in a Truth Social post, taking credit for the first term Republican governor's rise and claiming that he couldn't have done it without Trump's support amid rumors that Youngkin could be planning a 2024 presidential run, including an odd racist jab, the latest 2024 GOP hopeful to come under fire from Trump uh, as he hints at announcing his campaign. I don't know about what they're talking about this uh, this uh, racist jab. Let's read on. In a post in his social media platform, Truth Social, Trump argued he, quote, got MAGA to vote for Yunkin or he couldn't have come close to winning. Adding, Yunkin knows that and he will admit it. He deliberately misspelled the governor's name as Yunkin, like Young and Kim Jong-un, I guess. <laughs> oh, man. This is where we go. We go to clown show, clown world every freaking time. Writing sounds Chinese, doesn't it? The latest racist comment by Trump. I know what Trump's doing. He's trying to insinuate that Yunkin is bought off like the Chinese, like Mitch McConnell is, like uh, Eric Swalwell, like Nancy Pelosi and Dianne Feinstein. And maybe even Senator Graham. I don't know. Yunkin, who has sidestepped questions about completing his term as governor is one of a handful of GOP leaders rumored to be considering a 2024 run along with governor Ron DeSantis and former vice president, Mike Pence, who Trump has lashed out in recent months as Trump hints at an official announcement in 2024 as early as next week. So he's not just announcing or he's not just going after governor DeSantis. He's going after Yunkin. He's basically taking pot shots before we even get an announcement. I don't think that's smart. It's not going to work out in his favor if Trump decides, you know, uh, or if Ron DeSantis decides not to respond. It's going to look very petty for Trump. Governor Yunkin may not re respond either. And we don't even know if Ron DeSantis is even going to want run. Yeah, it's his time. It looks good for him, just especially after what he just did in Florida. But we don't know if he's going to run. Carrie Lake has said she doesn't have any plans outside of being governor. She's going to run for governor. She's going to make reform. And then she's going to walk off into the distance like George Washington did after his term. 
Um, so why are we assuming she's going to be first female president? Why are we assuming she's going to be vice president? Now, the right is going to go ahead and use this opportunity to slowly diminish Trump and purge him out of the way. The New York Post, Republicans, it's time to retire 45 and put a new starter to win the championship. One of the biggest mistakes people make about politics is reading it like fantasy football. They attempt to match up politicians for a dream team and presidential run, and even worse, assume that their favorite player can repeat an exceptional single-game performance. On the political right, there's an, an assumption that President Donald Trump, his previous win automatically projects him ahead of weak President Joe Biden and any other 2024 Democrat nominee. But voting dynamics have shifted since 2016, and the people who took a chance on him are not guaranteed to do so again. While the right was ready for the red tsunami, it got lackluster trickle thanks to Trump's involvement in so many of the key contentious races. See, there it is. That's the point of what I'm saying. That was my theory, and they're using it. The Republican Party didn't ride a red wave. It got something just as valuable, though, a red warning. As an independent and first-time Republican voter in this election, I want to alert the GOP to take heed. It needs voters like me, not just the base, to win the presidency. The most extreme example of Trump's troublemaking was Pennsylvania's Senate contest between John Fetterman and Mehmet Oz. In any normal race, the person who didn't suffer from a stroke and who requires a stenographer to articulate his political verbiage would be the obvious winner, but Dr. Oz lost and Republicans would be foolish to disregard the warning voters gave them. Well, we shouldn't have voted for a rhino like Oz. We should have went with Kathy Barnett, like I just said. But Sean Hannity wanted him to do it, and Trump gave Oz the uh, endorsement. I don't think that's really a gleaming indictment on Trump's endorsements because that guy was not MAGA at all. But Trump gave him the nod because Sean Hannity urged him, and now we end up with a stroke victim <laughs> in, in office who can't tell the difference between the Eagles and the Eagles. Trump selected Oz mainly due to his celebrity. By Trump's own admission, he sees television as a popularity contest, making Oz's TV longevity proof of the public's favorable perception of him. But Oz never possessed any political substance of his own, and it became obvious post-Trump his public endorsement that Oz was hoping that Trump with the Trump playbook would automatically translate to his own success. The Republican Party has succumbed to Trump's will without realizing his popularity outside his base that it's increasingly dwindling. Trump's 2016 win came thanks to independents and swing voters intrigued by the mysteriousness of a political outsider taking charge of our great nation. But the honeymoon phase is long past and the romance has become indifference at best. Trump better realize that him giving over his 2020 year of the presidency to Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks and Pfizer, and J&J, &J and Moderna, that that's going to backfire on him big time. Governor Kemp came back, wanted to reopen, with Trump condemning him from doing so. Ron DeSantis took the data with his Surgeon General, studied it, and said, you know what, we're making a good call on this, we're reopening the state, while everyone else is still locked down. Governor Nome didn't keep lockdowns at all. And you have... Donald Trump, who's going to run on vaccines that are killing people, that died suddenly, myocarditis, clotting. He's going to get out there and act like it was the greatest thing, Operation Warp Speed, when he was duped by the pharmaceutical industry into pushing these things into the public sphere 
immediately and giving over his presidency to Oz, uh, to get to Fauci and to uh, Burks. And that's going to look really bad for him when he runs because that stuff can be used against him. Trump did great things when he was in office, but there was a point where he just let, let the reins go and gave it up to the deep state establishment and they took it and destroyed him with it. And now we have a dementia patient in office who can't even read a teleprompter, doesn't know which direction to walk, and is royally tanking the economy on purpose. Now's not the time to start sniping our good players on the bench and start taking cracks at them. And you as a, as a listener need to research and be vigilant because they're going to dupe you. They already had Trump on his, Trump, uh, on his uh, from the desk of Donald Trump thing go out the other day. And it looks very official. It looks like Trump made this diatribe. You know, it said a uh, statement from Donald Trump, 45th president, said News Corp, which is Fox, Wall Street Journal, and, uh, and the no longer great New York Post, bring it back, is all in for Governor Ron DeSanctimonious as average Republican governor with great public relations who didn't have to close or didn't have to close up his state, but did, unlike other Republican governors, whose overall numbers for a Republican were just average, middle of the pack, including COVID. Uh, it goes on and on. And you know what? It's fake. I actually went on his website where he issues these and could not find this statement before. And they faked a couple before in the past. I actually read one on here and thought it was pretty funny and then told you that it was fabricated. They want Ron DeSantis and Trump fighting. They want Trump going after Go Governor Yunkin. They want all this stuff to happen now because it's going to destroy the base. It's going to divide the base at a time where the Democrats are the weakest because they're doubling down on Marxism. They're doubling down on pu puberty blockers and, and record spending with high inflation resulting from it. They're doubling and tripling down on Marxism. And we have the ability to fight back, but we got to clean these voting issues up. Arizona could be clean with a Cary Lake governorship and with a new Republican attorney general in office. And you know what that's going to do? That's going to set up for a nice election in 2024 because Arizona was one of the states in question. We could be cleaning up voter rolls in Georgia with the runoff from Herschel Walker coming up. We could be cleaning up the voter rolls in Nevada if Laxalt wins. The states, remember, there were six counties that ended up stealing the election away from Trump. That's all it took, six counties. And they were all in the six states that we had issues in. Wisconsin, Nevada, Georgia, Florida. All of these states have now uh, switched power, uh, power leadership to a degree. Some of them haven't quite yet. Wisconsin being one, Michigan being one. But... You can't win with less than those six counties. You can't swing an election without them. So if you chip away at them, they don't have the infrastructure to pull it off next time. So we need to stop the infighting because it's not even time for it. We need to recognize that the establishment, the Mitch McConnells, the Paul Ryans, the Carl Roves, they're eager to take the power back, and they will do so at any lengths necessary, just as cancerous, just as diabolical and vile as the leftist. Only they're doing it within our own party. So keep that in mind as we go into the election announcement coming up. And wouldn't it be funny if Trump actually got up there and said, 
Uh, here's my big announcement. I'm going to support Ron DeSantis for president. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> Wouldn't it be entirely possible to? I don't know. So uh, let's just not make stupid mistakes when we have the opportunity to take this little red wave that wasn't a red tsunami, but is also being pushed back by a red dam and grow it over time as we actually get to govern with these new winds. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. Check out the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker. Tune in. Donate to be on. Uh, donate to support the show. Anchor.fm slash Adrian Slade slash support. You can call to be on the show. One nine two nine Go Go USA. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>